Remember Old Vegas where the golf courses were right outside your door? The Casablanca in Mesquite is just like Vegas used to be. Now at bookmesquitegolf.com, you can build your own room and golf getaway starting at $100. Mesquite Golf Packages draw golfers from all over the country to play on scenic and challenging courses. Stay in a deluxe tower room and choose from six golf courses, all within a six-minute drive from the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Build your own golf getaway at bookmesquitegolf.com. Choose from six unique and challenging courses for every golfer. Find the course to match your skill level. The Palms, Falcon Ridge, Conestoga, Oasis Palmer, Oasis Canyons, or Casablanca Golf Club. So pack your clubs and reserve a tee time. Go to bookmesquigolf.com and customize your perfect golf getaway at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. Stay at the Casablanca Resort and Spa. It's just like Vegas used to be. And welcome to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network, 94.9, 96.9 FM. I'm your host, Coach Jim Bola, and the Raiders getting ready to play at Dallas tomorrow. And lots of speculation. Are the Raiders going to rebound from their three-game losing streak? Dallas coming off of a bad game, playing at home in a hostile environment. And we've got uh, Derek Carr. And we've got Greg Olson and Gus Bradley talking about the offense and defense. So we're going to start right now with Derek Carr uh, talking about how they're out of sync and um, what's going to happen with the Raiders coming into the Dallas game. So here's Derek Carr, courtesy of the Las Vegas Raiders. This is Hondo Carpenter. I'm curious, after watching the film and meeting with your teammates, are, are there things that are taken see, hey, we can fix this and it'll be different on Thursday, or are the changes intangible and it's going to have to be a wait and see? Oh, yeah. Well, we believe that we can make those changes. Um, you know, now we have to go do it. You know, that's the difference between, you know, just believing it and actually going out and doing it. we got to prove it, right? Um but yeah, Hondo, I think that when we watch the tape, um, you see things and you see moments where we can uh, uh, absolutely be better and where we have been better in the past um, and uh, hopefully tie those things in together on a short week against a really good football team and actually play better. Hey, Derek, this is Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Uh, after the game Sunday, you said that you need to be better from an individual standpoint. Uh, just since the bye week, what are some of the areas that you identified that you want to perform better at as the season moves forward? Um, one, um, just being better on third down. Um, you know, I again, I put it all on me. You know, uh, I got to be better. If I'm better, we're all better. So um, third down, um, you know, that way we're not down multiple scores late in games. Um, you know, we've been able to move the ball well uh, all season long from like from going from starting position to, you know, yardage, moving the ball and things like that. But yards don't get you points. You know, you got to get in the end zone. And so we, it starts with third downs, staying on schedule, third downs. And then, uh, you know, not when you're, when you're down two scores, trying to force the ball and things like that, you know, turnovers are going to happen. So eliminate, eliminating turnovers. But, you know, besides that, you know, Giants game, I felt, I felt good um, in that area on decision-making, but I'm always looking to improve and, 
uh, in that area, um, really until I'm done playing football. You're always just trying to look for ways to be better, always improve, um, but that's, that's for everybody. Hey, Derek, this is Vic. Uh, last night, uh, Foster had an interesting point, I thought. He said that even when you guys were 3-0, and you guys weren't playing that well. Is that something you also saw back then? I, I think it's very interesting um, because, you know, we thought that we could always, like, play better, you know, and we were able to win those games, and they were some close games, um, but we had some things going on in those games that uh, we're, we're not getting away with right now. You know, when we got away with them then, um, and when you win, it's, it feels good and all that kind of stuff. But um, us inside the building, we were looking at those things and saying, man, we have to do these things better or it's going to come up and get us. And it has in the last couple of weeks. Derek, something that uh, was noticeable was the fact that all the way up until the fourth quarter, you weren't sacked. And the fact that there was no pre-snap penalties by your offensive line, just from what you saw in this last game, do you believe that, your offensive line is really starting to peak and trend upwards of what they can do going into the rest of the season? Yeah, I think I think they played really well. And I, I've said, I think, um, I can't remember what week it was, but I, I think that they keep getting better. You know, they're a good group of guys that work extremely hard with good coaches. And that's usually a recipe for, um, you know, it's not always a recipe for a perfect success, but it's a recipe for getting better. So I really believe that they are getting better. They're playing good football. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of those guys because they've worked extremely hard moving positions, um, you know, getting a starting nod, all that kind of stuff. And they, they've played against some really good players and they're doing a good job. So um, I love those guys more than anything. So I'm thankful for them. Derek, Ed Greeny, uh, you know, there's a sense in sports that desperation can be a good thing, the way you, teams play and in sports and kind of like focus in. Is there any of that sense in you guys for Thursday, do you think? I think it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know the right wording for it, but there's definitely a feeling of, you know, enough is enough. You know, we got to win. And uh, we're in the business of, you know, winning, you know. And, you know, if you don't win, um, you know, it doesn't feel too good. When you do win, it feels pretty good. And, uh, you know, you want to make sure that, um, you know, win or loss, you come in and you're always trying to get better and get better at things you got to get better at. But for us, you know, you know, this is a big game uh, for us, just like they all are. Um, and it's a big game because it's the next game. You know, and it, what an opportunity for us to get back on track on the road in a hostile environment against a really good football team. Hey, it's a Vic. I was going to follow up. Can you uh, give me some examples of things you were worried about back then? Uh, sorry. Follow up on your first one? Oh, the question about, yeah, about how you, uh, the things you guys were worried about in-house about, you know, during the 3-0 and start that may come back and bite you later on. I'll let, if the coaches want to talk about, like, certain positions and things like that, I'm just worried, you know, about, about me. Um, you know, you know, making sure that I'm always as accurate as possible, making sure I'm always making the perfect decision, the right check, exactly what the coach wants, um, and things like that. But if, you know, Ole or Coach Pisaccio want to talk about, like, other positions, like, I'll let him, you know. But but from my pers perspective, like, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, ways that I could be better. Derek, do you have any, uh, any memories of Thanksgivings, or does it mean anything to you to be playing on Thanksgiving and, and what's coming up this week? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I grew up, um, my whole mom's side of the family was Cowboy fans. My middle name's Dallas. Um, because of that, you know, we grew up and my papa would preach and we'd go to his house, we'd eat and we wouldn't eat at a table. We'd eat with TV trays, you know, watching the Cowboys play. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of memories, you know, being able to meet some of these guys and, um, you know, the, you know, from the mid nineties, you know, uh, late nineties, those, those teams, um, you know, meeting some of those players and, 
getting to know him, um, you know, uh, like, you know, Dion and, um, he was my favorite player, you know, uh, growing up just on the Cowboys. He was so fun to watch. And, uh, you know, I definitely have a lot of memories. Um, you know, if you grew up in that time, it was, unless you're a, a Niners fan, you know, it was really fun to watch those guys play and try and emulate them. Thank you, Derek. Appreciate it. That was Derek Carr getting ready to play the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving Day at AT&T Stadium. So, a lot of rumors swirling around that there might be a breakup of the Raiders, including Derek Carr. Um, going to be interesting to see. And again, these are just rumors and speculation that uh, Mark Davis is not happy. And he's planning on blowing up the whole team and starting over again. So we'll keep our eyes and ears open for any information on that occurrence, if of any. Or will the Raiders rebound and go on a nice little win streak here, getting ready to play Thursday on a short week versus the Dallas Cowboys. You're listening to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. Brought to you by Casablanca Hotel Casino in Mesquite, Nevada. In 1925, Modelo began brewing beer for those who believe in better. A model beer, steeped in the tradition of tireless effort. A rich, Pilsner-style lager for those who wear their heart and heritage on their rolled-up sleeve. Since our first batch to every bottle raised today, we've proved that it doesn't matter where you come from. It matters what you're made of. Modelo Especial, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. And welcome back to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. Getting ready for the big game at Dallas. Tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, Raiders don't get often to play on Thanksgiving Day, so we'll need to take advantage of that. And we've got Gus Bradley and Greg Olson talking about the offense and defense versus Cincinnati and preparing for the Dallas Cowboys. So we're going to bring you that interview right now. This is courtesy of the Raiders Network. Hey, Gus. This is Tashawn Reed uh, from The Athletic. Uh, you guys played pretty well on a play-by-play play basis on defense last game, but, but getting off the field on third downs was an issue. Uh, it's been an issue for a couple weeks now. Have you noticed anything that's, that's led to that trend in particular? Well, it's the penalties, you know, that are coming up. You know, self-inflicted wounds. Um, you know, we just got to play with more discipline. And, you know, it's an aggressive game, and, we, you know, we talked a lot about getting off and, and getting that rush going, and uh, just got to make good decisions on some of those opportunities. You know, we had a sack taken away in one opportunity, and a, we were off the field on a third down, could have had real good field position for our offense after a punt. But, um, you know, so we just got to be more disciplined in those situations. Gus, uh, in those situations and, you know, going back to the unique uh, Ngakwe uh, penalty, are those conversations that you can have? I know, like you said, you know, you're taught to play through the whistle. Maybe he doesn't hear a whistle. Um, but, you know, like what, what kind of conversations do you have specifically for those types of situations? Yeah, you know, it's just it's just yeah. at, that, at that point of impact. You know, you, you know, it's no longer the two-step rule. 
you know, and same with Brandon Faison. You know, anytime you lower your head, you know, whether you make contact, you know, but his head did glance off of it. Uh, you know, so, you know, those are constant conversations we're having with our guys. You know, our tackling plan, keep your head up, head out of the game, tackle with your shoulder. You know, those things come in, you know, in the heat of the moment. Uh, you know, we've got to make sure that we follow through with that technique. And then Yannick's, you know, he was close and for so much time it's been a two-yard rule or two-step rule, but no longer, you know. And you show examples in OTAs and, you know, you kind of build it on what officials are calling. And, you know, so we just got to, you know, he's aggressive and, and uh, good get off and good pressure, but then at the end, you know, making good decisions. Coach Gus, of course, uh, the Cowboys are a pass-heavy team with uh, Prescott and all the weapons that he has to throw to. However, the Raiders uh, have fielded a successful top 10 passing defense in the league. Are you Have you been really impressed with what you've been able to do in the passing game with Casey being able to lead those guys and just have plug-and-play guys come in and be able to fill those roles? Well, you know what? Uh, overall, the, cut, the breakdown we have, you know, they're a heavier run team. You know, you wouldn't think so, but uh, they're a very committed run team. And, uh, you know, we've got to play at both facets. You know, we felt like last week coming into it, you know, extremely talented on the perimeter, extremely talented at the wide receiver position to eliminate some of the explosive plays that occurred the week before. Thought we did a good job, but the run game got us on a couple times. And, uh, you know, where this game is going to be a great challenge because they're so balanced. They're balanced and they get explosive plays. I think they have 30 explosive runs on the year. You know, and, and that's not including the passes, you know, something like 60, 60 some explosive passes. So, you know, we're going to have to be on it both in the run game and in the pass game. Hey, Gus, uh, how big or how, how important and impressive have, has uh, Denzel been as the quarterback of the defense from that Mike spot? He's done a good job. You know, he's one of our leaders. There's no doubt about it. You know, we put a lot on his plate as far as calling the defense, making the checks on the defense, and then having the ability to also, with that all on your plate, to play fast. So he's playing extremely fast for us right now, making some plays. He's getting some pass breakups as well as tackles. So he had a pretty complete game last game. Coach, I know we've asked you about him before, uh, but Trayvon Merrick as the as kind of the center fielder, um, to, to be a rookie uh, to step in and, and play at this high level. I know you guys expected a lot of him, but just how impressive has he been? Well, I really like his demeanor. I mean, not only is uh, on the field play, but it's not too big for him. Um, you know, in practice, when you watch him, you know, as far as taking angles and understanding what is asked of him, you know, play that center field. He had a good, you know, uh, red line to red line, we call it, you know, covering the, the width of the field and the one on Casey. So um, he's just playing with a lot of poise, a lot of confidence back there. And, um, you know, he, he's been a pretty sure tackler. I know he missed one in the game. But overall, you know, he, he's played at a pretty high level for us. Gus, I'd like to piggyback off of Paul's question on Denzel Perriman real quick. But okay. uh, I mean, as late as he did, character that this team would embrace him so quickly and he would be such a leader. Uh, I think I caught all of your question. It cut out a little bit, but yeah, he, his personality, you know, he's, um, he's a guy that's going to enjoy it. He's going to enjoy it every day. But also when it's time to strap it up, he's there. And uh, when things need to be said, he says it. He takes charge. So he, he's really, the team has really embraced him, the defense. And uh, I think the whole team has. 
you know, I think they've got a lot of respect for how he plays, some of the things he's trying to do to better his game and improve his tackling and things like that. They respect the, the part that uh, he's trying to improve on as well. So he, he's uh, constantly trying to improve, and I think that humility goes a long way with the group. Yes, there were a couple times uh, yesterday where um, the Bengals were getting to the edge on the left side, and I was just wondering if that's just a situation with a, the right call against the right look uh, or run fits on your part uh, or something that you guys could do a little bit better in that regard. Well, it's a good point. I, I think there's a combination. I know that uh, at times in the second half, uh, they came out and they got an explosive pass on us, and uh, we changed some things up. Or to say, let's not let them get in a rhythm where they feel like they can get explosive passes on us. So some of those were more of a pass defense uh, coverage and stuff. So you put that on me trying to hit it, you know, when they're passing, when they're running. But, uh, you know, that edge is something that Dallas really attacks. And they, they do a good job attacking the perimeter. They attack inside. So we're, we're going to have to be better this week on those perimeter runs. All right. Thank you, guys. Carpenter, Rich, after the game, talked about your offense not being in sync. Derek talked about it. I'm curious, being able to see the film, what are some reasons that you've been able to identify? I'm not asking you to give away secrets, but some things you've been able to identify for the struggles. No, we just didn't execute uh, to the way that we're accustomed to or to what our expectations are. Uh, and that's what I meant by out of sync, you know, the... Uh, Execution part wasn't there. When you look back at the uh, the practice reps on tape, uh, and we had some similar looks in the game, which he like said, um, when you're preparing for somebody and you give them the look, and and it, you know, the play gets executed in practice and it doesn't get executed in the game, then you got to go back and look at yourself and and ask yourself why, uh, you know, as a coach and as a player, and what can we do to help prepare these guys so that they can play their best and execute. Uh, on Sunday, so there's a, a couple plays there that we felt like, you know, uh, we were not in sync on. Greg, just early from watching the tape, what are some of the, what challenge does Micah Parsons bring, and especially with him playing two different positions, trying to have any of the game playing against him as a linebacker or as a defense end? A tremendous player, uh, as you guys know, unbelievable athlete, uh, got great, uh, great rusher. Uh, he creates a mismatch uh, problem for backs across the league if, when he lines up the linebacker position, and he's got great speed off the edge, so he possesses a great challenge for our tackles coming off the edge. So uh, just got to be really aware of where he's at and what your matchup is against him. Greg, ask Derek about the sense of desperation in sports, and can it be a good thing when you kind of play with a little edge? Can you do that offensively, and would you see you doing that this Thursday? Uh, you know, again, we we like to think that we're always playing with an edge and a sense of urgency. I don't, I don't think with such a, in this sport in pro football, uh, there's so few games and every one of them is equally important. Um, we talked about uh, certainly the easiest way to get the playoffs is to win your division, but we we don't we don't say those games are any more important than the other ones. So I just think because of the, such a short schedule, I, I would hope that. All of our players have a real sense of urgency uh, every Sunday when they suit up. 
Hey, Greg, it's Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Um, you guys have, have still moved the ball pretty well as an offense during this losing streak, but you, you struggled on third downs and in the red zone. Um, is, is there anything you need to change from a play calling standpoint, or do you think it's just executing the plays that you're calling? Better? No, yeah, third downs have been uh, our Achilles heel. It's, it's, you know, when you're not staying on the field, uh, which has been, the, has been the issue, has been the, we've kind of stayed on schedule, we like to say, uh, and be in third and manageable situations. And, the, you know, the past two weeks we've had third and three or less and have jumped off sides or not gotten a, a first down. Um, and that's, that's, you know, again, that stalls drives out, puts the defense back on the field. Um, so third down has been the big emphasis uh, was last week. It will be again this week. Hey, Greg, this is Vic. Uh, last night, uh, Foster Monroe said something I thought was interesting. He said that even when you guys were 3-0, and he didn't think you were playing that well. Um, do you remember getting any concerns back when you were 3-0 and about the way things were going? Well, I think that at the start of the season, it was about our starts. You know, we need to start faster, and, and um, uh, that was probably the biggest issue. As you remember, we had to come from behind in a number of those games and go into overtime. Uh, so just playing a complete game uh, in all three phases of uh, playing complimentary football with each other, and I, I, I'm sure that's what he was alluding to. Coach, you said you'd like to think uh, that the guys in the locker room have a, have a sense of desperation, a sense of urgency, I guess is what you, uh, how you put it. Do you, have you felt it? Do you think they do have that? Yeah, sense of, I think they have a sense of urgency every uh, Sunday, so m maybe I, I misheard the question. I, I don't think there's a sense of de desperation from anybody. I just think that, you know, our players prepare you know, to play uh, 17 games in a regular season. I think they understand the urgency needed to, to get yourself up to play uh, a Sunday in the National Football League. So um, it, it would be a very difficult uh, profession uh, to stay in as a player unless you had a real sense of urgency uh, to play on Sunday. So I, I think they understand the ramifications and the importance of, of being their best self and playing the, their best uh, on a on a game day on a Sunday. Greg, early on against the Bengals after a defense for, first forced a turnover, you guys had a red zone uh, possession at the nine yard line and weren't able to put, punch it in for a touchdown. Uh, you know, what do, what do you think the issue has been when you get down in the red zone? Um, you guys have scored a, a lot of points in that area, but in terms of finishing those drives off with touchdowns. Yeah, that was, you know, again, we got, just got to do a better job to me in, in coaching the details. Um, you know, we had a first play of the game uh, you know, someone had taken Josh, Josh's helmet uh, and, and accidentally put it on their head without realizing it. So we didn't have Josh on the, on the first run of the game. And then the second run of the game was an RPO, a run pass option. And we just got to do, I just got to do a better job of coaching uh, the parameters on those plays. And then on third down, again, the same thing, uh, you know, making sure that uh, everybody understands uh, the read, the progression, the protection part of it and, and the intent of the play. So it's it's more a matter of doing a better job of coaching the details in, in those situations. Hey, Greg, uh, given the, the difficulties uh, that you've had in the last couple of games on those third down situations, um, any consideration uh, maybe to get Marcus Mariota a little bit more involved uh, situationally um, at, in, in those kind of situations? Yeah, it's always a consideration, especially in a shorter yardage situation. We had one you know, the previous week where we jumped off sides, but um, we always have, have a plan for Marcus and, and not only just the short yard situations, but there'll be other areas in the field that we'll get him involved in and, and that we have been practicing and, and uh, hopefully get a chance to unveil 
here in the latter part of the season. But uh, certainly, uh, those are those are plays that we'll we'll practice and we'll continue to practice. Coach, how much how much can you really do uh, with a short week, and how much is it just you have to just refine what you guys do yourselves and not have to not be able to really change a whole lot? Yeah, I think you know leading up to this game last week, we knew certainly it was going to be a short week, so we did a lot of the preparation phase last uh, week uh, towards the end of the week when we were getting the game plan, uh, you know, settled. So uh, a number of coaches, the quality control coaches, did a lot of the breakdowns, a lot of the uh, legwork ahead for the position coaches and then uh, the position coaches spent time. Uh, we also came right back in after the game last night and, and spent till the late hours last night uh, prepping for the game. So, you know, there's been, whether it's a Thursday night game, uh, that's just that's just part of playing on a short week and, and understanding the schedule uh, so that you can get all your work done. All right, thank you, Coach. Thank you, guys. If money was no object and you and a friend could get away to a beautiful nearby resort for a 24-hour stay that includes a world-class spa treatment, would you do it? Now, what if I tell you $99 is all you need for that same scenario and the resort is the fabulous Casablanca in beautiful Mesquite, Nevada? You'll be rejuvenated inside their spa and salon with a Swedish massage, European facial, or pumpkin pedicure of your choice. Oh yeah. Casablanca Resort's $99 room and spa getaway. You can get away from your stress and start to refresh in less than an hour's drive. And when you come, enjoy our delicious dining, nightly entertainment, championship golf courses, and famous weekend brunch buffet. Book your $99 room and spa getaway today at mesquitegaming.com or call 877-GETAWAY. Must be 21 years or older. Casablanca Resort in Mesquite. It's just like Vegas used to be. And welcome back to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network. UNLV with two wins this season. Uh, a lot more than some people thought. Getting ready to finalize the season at Air Force. Air Force 8-3. and three. You're playing at altitude. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting game to see what happens and how the Rebels are going to defend the... Uh, option, triple option that Air Force runs. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. So we got Coach Marcus Aurora from the Rub Zone, courtesy of Fox 5 and Paloma Villacana. And we're going to bring you that interview right now about getting ready to play at Air Force, but also the recap of the San Diego State game. Well, welcome, Coach Arroyo, into the Rev Zone. Coach, you said on Friday night you were proud of the overall improvement you're seeing from your team, each game, each practice, each meeting. Are you proud of the way your guys came out fast and, and the execution you saw from Cam Friel, especially on your opening drive? Yeah, I am. I would continue to, you know, look back at looking back at the tape right now. I mean, it's still something that uh, we're, we're excited about it and, and feeling good. You know, our current identity has been elevated and it's recognizable. I think we're seeing the team playing together and playing for each other with belief. Uh, they're playing physical, they're playing explosive, and they're not catching. And I think those are the reasons that after the game I was able to say that, regardless of the outcome. And 
In the last three weeks, we've uh, we've elevated those standards. And to come out, start, and starting fast in the opening drive, we want a touchdown there. But to, to go 72 yards and 10 plays and take the ball right off the coin toss, I told those guys I wanted to be aggressive all game, and that started the coin toss and taking the ball. So um, defense came out and stopped the run, did a nice job mentally, and uh, there's a lot of good stuff that came out of the game. Obviously, it didn't go the way we wanted to and, and wanted to send the seniors out in their home stadium the right way. Um, but I thought they fought, and um, I'm proud of, 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 the, of the progress they've made. I mean, the very next drive, your defense came out physical, hungry. Jacoby Winman uh, racking up a career best three sacks on Friday night. Is it awesome to see the growth from your defense each week, especially Jacoby Winman and, and his growth at middle inside linebacker this year? Yeah, I mean, more than anything, it's just the, the collective group. You can't you can't play this sport by yourself. Kobe's a piece of it, and he's, he's a big impact guy. But for the whole group to be shoulder to shoulder and stop the run against that defense and hold those guys and win the point of attack and have them average, you know, three, 3.1 yards per rush and and, 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 and then great on third down and have the big play goal met and tackles for losses and uh, the first down success they had. I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff that came out of team defense, and that's what we want. That's uh, – that's the collective effort and identity we need in all three phases to put this, the foundation down where we want to go for the long haul. The story of Friday night has been the story all season long. The next man up, Justin Rogers, comes in for Cam Friel in the second quarter and lights it up. I mean, Allegiant Stadium was going wild. Was it awesome to see the execution he had on Friday night and just the story of, of his comeback and, and everything he's been through? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect story. It's exactly what we've been preaching all year. You know, we're in the infant stages of our roster, and, and we've got a lot of guys that are going to be asked to, and have been asked all season to step up in, in replacement roles and have an impact in, in, a, in a big place. Um, a lot of times in critical situations, we've been in a lot of really tight games with really good opponents. I told Justin when he went out there today, I said, hey, I'm not going to stop being aggressive and play calling right now in this game. So get ready to spin it around and, uh, and go to work. And I thought he did a great job. I mean, you know, his job in, in, in practice throughout the weeks and the months as he's been here um, as a backup are, are one that, that are really commendable. And I think that his preparation is what leads, led him to that point. Um, didn't play perfect, but obviously did some really, really good things in a backup role coming in off the bench. So I'm um, excited for that, for that look and, and for that idea and premise from our football team. Coach, what is Justin like on the sidelines? What is he like at practice? We've only talked to him maybe, maybe once this year. I'm interested to know just his demeanor. Yeah, pretty calm guy, pretty brief reserve. Um, you know, does a good job in, in, in the media rooms. Coach Thomas does a great job with the quarterbacks and has all season getting those guys prepared and, and, and demanding a lot of those guys, regardless of, of, of what where they are on the depth chart. We know what we've been through in regards to quarterback rotation, and it hasn't been, hasn't been nice, and, uh, nice and cute. So those guys have all been asked to be ready to roll, and, you know, we're in a situation now where, where everybody's got to be ready and uh, at all positions, and, and it, it's not going to change this week. So uh, his demeanor has been – County Justin is just kind of middle ground, um, too high, never too low, and, and he stayed focused. And I thought I thought you saw some of that come out on on, uh, on Friday night. Speaking of guys being ready, I want to talk about Gio Faalu and the comeback story from him going out in the UTSA game with a right leg injury. And then we saw him catch his first touchdown of the season on Friday night. I mean, what a story for Gio and for all your sixth-year seniors, you know, giving it their all this year. Yeah, I mean that was awesome just to see Gio get back out there. Like we talked about the last couple weeks to get him to get get him back in the field this year for his senior year. You have him back is just such a, a great story to, and a tribute to the program and the, and, and the training staff to get him back and rolling himself and, and the work he put in to get back out there. Uh, to see him catch that ball the other night was really really nice to see it go go that way for him. And then the, the six year seniors have all been 
uh, a big part of what we've done and planting seeds here um, and moving forward with this program. All right, Coach, one last fight, Air Force on Friday. It's Thanksgiving week. I'm ready to travel and, and go to Colorado and see some leaves. Um, how do you guys stop Air Force? They had a wild game against UNR on Friday night going into triple overtime. Uh, what impresses you about that 8-3 and three team? Well, I mean, they, they continue to be a well-coached football team and, and play well together. They, they run, obviously, a, a, an option football team that, that uh, has always done a really nice job under Coach Calhoun. They're disciplined. They're accountable. I mean, you got they're going to be where they're supposed to be. And, uh, again, this is a, this is a, a program that, that has always done a really nice job. They've been consistent. And uh, you're gonna, we're going to get everything everything out of them uh, that, they, that, they, that they'll give us here this week. And so we've got to do a really good job of being fundamentally sound, tackle well, be disciplined with our eyes. We've got to put well on offense and really just to finish the job this season. All right, Coach, we're traveling on Thanksgiving. Are you guys planning any, any Thanksgiving dinner or anything for the guys? Yeah, of course. That, that's a huge piece of the week. We don't, you know, the, the, the work can't get overshadowed by the reality of the week. We've got, we've got a lot to be thankful for in this country, a lot to be thankful here in our program. Uh, we'll settle we'll, we'll settle a lot here in-house in and do some things this week. And then on the road, we'll have a Thanksgiving dinner. we got guys who aren't on the road with us. We're planning for them and their families. So everything's taken into account this week as, as an opportunity for us to celebrate um, kind of our families and where we are in, in this moment. So um, nothing, nothing like that's ever taken lightly for us. And, and so I'm excited to be around our guys and, and our, their families. Welcome to Coach's Corner on the Highway Radio Network, Drive 96.9, 94.9. And we've got a great guest, Christian Adderson from Mesquite Gaming's Group Sales Department. So, Christian, welcome to the show. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, you've you've had this for years, but it's not really kind of well-known. But you've, you've basically become a one-stop shop for whether it's a, a small group or you know, a large group, uh, you can handle all their golf, hotel stays, restaurants, and you've got a wide variety of, I can't believe how many courses you're associated with. Yeah, you know, with us being a, a great golf destination known across the country, you know, we, we have a great team here that they'll take care of everything for a group, and, and that group can be 10 rooms and 16 golfers all the way up to you know, 144 players and right. 75 rooms. Our group sales department will take care of any group of any size, and we make it really easy. We know how hard it is for a group leader to plan and get their get their you know people that come with our group to different courses. We're going to take care of booking those tee times, booking hotel rooms, collecting rooming lists, payments, and we pay the courses directly. Right. Um, so the the groups really it makes it easy for them to come out from the ski. So when they get here, really enjoy their trip with their group, and that's the most important thing. Well, and you you know, I, I, I'm looking at this list here that you have. I mean, you on the way, if you're coming from Vegas, you've, you've got Coyote Springs that you have a relationship with. If you're coming down from Utah, you've got courses in St. George, which are some great courses, Sand Hollow and Sky Mountain, the Ledges, and then Coral Canyon. You, 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 I mean, you can, you know, not to mention the courses you have in Mesquite proper with Casablanca and the Palms. Uh, Conestoga, Falcon Ridge, uh, Oasis Palmer Golf Club, and Oasis Canyons Golf Club. So, I mean, you've got an unbelievable variety of courses from everything from, you know, basically easy courses to play to as hard as you want to make them. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the, the golf in this region is you can come for a four- or five-day trip, play golf every day, 
you're not playing the same course every day. Some some destinations you go play desert golf. You're playing a desert golf course every day. Right. You come play the Casablanca. You're you're playing a, a classic desert style golf course. You go play the Palms the next day, and you got an elevation change of a 115 feet on our signature par five <laughs> uh, at the Palms. I mean, it it is amazing the the quality of golf that we have in this region, and and it's all within six minutes of your hotel if you're playing mesquite. And St. George is an easy drive, just 35 miles north. And then, obviously, Cody Springs, really a hidden gem in Nevada. Yeah. Um, if you're coming out of Vegas, you can play it on your way up to Mesquite or even on your way out of town, on your way back down to Vegas. It's you, you got to have it in your rotation. It's a fantastic golf course. Well, it's, uh, if, if people are interested in it, they can go to salesatmesquitegaming.com or call 888-711-4653, or they can go to your regular website, visitmesquitegaming.com, uh, for more information. Yeah, those are great places to go, and, and on our website, you can fill out a request for proposal, let us know how many in your group, and then one of our sales team, our concierge, will reach directly out to you, give you pricing on all the golf courses you, you want, or if you just want more information, they'll get you all the information you need so you make the right decisions for your group to come stay at the Casablanca and play some great golf up here in Mesquite, Nevada. Yeah, well, as I said, I mean, I used to do this. Um, but you know, my, mine was way more trickier than yours. I mean, I had a, I had a established relationships with different, you know, hotels, uh, different courses. Uh, you've got the hotel in your back pocket, basically. Um, you've got great food. You've got great restaurants and you've got Catherine steakhouse and, you know, currently we're in stone crab season. Um, so, I mean, you've got a real, real plus, I think. For anybody that's interested in coming up there and playing as a group, um, they, you know, it's like I said, it's a one-stop shop. I mean, you can take care of their hotel, you can do meals for them, uh, you can you can get them you book book them at other clubs. Um, so if you're the group leader, I used to call it you know trying to herd herd cats sometimes when you deal with the group leader uh, with the players. Um, you just make it so easy for those guys, and you make them look like superstars. Yeah, you know, and, and, and we try to give great benefits to that group leader because, like you said, it's, it is like herding cats and you're trying <laughs> to get people going about five different directions. So when you when you book your group, and, it, and it, it's it's the minimum is 10 rooms, 16 golfers. So if you're there or way above that, here's what we're going to do for that group leader. We're going to take care of the hotel room, whether they stay at the Casablanca or the Virgin River, wherever the group's staying. And then if they book tea times with, with their group at the Casablanca or Palms, we're taking care of that group leader's uh, tea time there yeah. as well. So yeah. we we know how difficult it is that group leader can come, you know, not not worry about money out of their pocket for the the hotel and those two courses if they book their group there. And in addition, you know, we have a great catering team. If you're looking to to have a Calcutta or something, you know, while the group's here, we can do a little uh, catered event out by the pool or one of our meeting rooms, and it can really turn that group into a first class experience. And just people just having a good time on and off the golf course. And that's what you get when you stay at the Casablanca and you bring your group up here. Yeah, you'd be foolish not to take advantage of this situation if you've got a small group or even a larger group. I mean, say you've got 35 guys. Um, you know, one call does it all. One call does it all. And, and with those bigger groups, we'll set up shotgun starts for them. So, yeah. again, the idea is to have your group be together. And, you know, the, the shotgun start with those 40 or more players works out great because you all start at the same time. You're all done at the same time. Yep. Then you guys get back to the, the Casablanca, enjoy that great pool back there, 
and really just enjoy the whole trip together and, and makes it one to remember, that's for sure. Well, it's a, I think this is really uh, beneficial information to get out there because, like I said, you've been doing this for a while, but, you know, with the addition of some of these courses that you've added, um, and like I said, with you doing, you know, basically you take over the group. Anything that's golf-related, hotel stays, meals if they want, um, you know, the golf stuff, you know, you'll do closest to the pins. You'll do all that, you know, the, the crazy games that sometimes these groups want to play. Um, but you'll take care of all that. And as I said, you make the group leader look like a superstar to these groups. And in, in my experience, once you do that, then they want to come back. And with your variety of courses, why wouldn't you want to come back? Because as you said, you're not going to play the same course twice. Absolutely, and that's what we do with the majority of our golf groups. When they come through, they've had such a great time that we chat with them you know, while they're here, and, and we get them booked for the next year. You know, They're ready to come back and bring their group back, and you said it. The, the next thing, the biggest decision they have to make for the next year, what course rotation we want to play because the hotel's already there, and you get to experience all the great courses in Mesquite and St. George, and in addition, Coyote Springs. Uh, so, yeah, you can really – change things up year after year, and make it feel like a fresh trip each and every year when you come to Mesquite, Nevada at the Casablanca Resort. Yeah, we've been talking with Christian Anderson uh, with the uh, group sales department at the Casablanca Hotel. So 888-711-4653, or you can go visit www.mesquitegaming.com for some more information. So, Christian, thank you very much for this information. Uh, I think it's been very beneficial to our listeners. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it.